this season on More and More Every Day. Let's do something together every day to be better oral historians. I don't know about you, but I love a daily task, whether it's a writing prompt to get me focused or a quick icebreaker to start class discussion. I love short, easy challenges. That's why this season's 10-minute or so episodes will feature experts, like-minded colleagues, resources, and things I'm learning along the way. But each episode will also end with a prompt, something you and I can do that day to improve our skills as oral historians. I'm your host, Summer Sherland. Let's do this. Last spring, I spent about two months researching the perfect external hard drive for the South Phoenix Oral History Project. At that point, we had conducted more than 70 interviews, and each interview required long-term storage for the recording itself and all of the paperwork generated. I spent hours, once I got this external hard drive, copying files, adding images, and research from our weeks of time spent in the archive, along with every single interview conducted. And then, two months later... The hard drive crashed unexpectedly. I plugged it into my computer and nothing. I took the hard drive to our IT department, but they weren't able to help. I sent it to a specialty lab, but they could not resolve the issue either. All was lost, but only in one location. That's because we store our interviews and supplemental materials in several locations. So today we're going to talk about how you can prepare for this kind of crisis on your end. But we're not going to look at it as sort of a doomsday approach. We're just going to look at it in terms of curation of your oral histories. So welcome back. Today is the second day we'll be talking about technology and oral history. Last time we focused on recording, what kinds of technology and software you needed to record the oral histories that you plan to conduct. Today is the now what of that conversation. I want to refer you back to Stephen Seeloff's Brave New World, a guide to 21st century technology for oral history. The second part of his article contends with digital preservation of oral histories, because here you are, you've researched, conducted, and recorded an oral history or more than one, and now you need to store and archive this material for preservation. How? You can't simply load hours of recorded data onto your phone forever, right? You'll change plans, you'll get a new phone, or you'll run out of memory pretty quick. CLAF identifies two types of digital storage, short-term and long-term. Short-term digital storage, he explains, is preferable for when your research is active. He suggests making a main copy and several backups. Long-term, on the other hand, is the kind of storage provided by what he calls a partner archive. So to put it in terms of our project, students conducting oral histories as part of a class might maintain their own short-term storage of the interview for indexing and analysis, But once the semester ends, the South Phoenix Oral History Project is responsible for maintaining all of the content in perpetuity, i.e. long-term storage. For our purposes today, you're the students, you're the researchers. You're not going to worry too much about the specifics of long-term archival storage on the back end for now. Instead, you're going to keep your ideal or future archivist in mind as you approach your own short-term and long-term storage solutions. I think a great resource for this conversation is Curating Oral Histories from Interview to Archive by Nancy McKay. McKay writes, quote, The ultimate goal of preservation is to preserve our history, our culture, and our memories, the intangible culture that oral histories provide. She follows that every curation activity in one way or another boils down to making materials available to users, 
appropriately, responsibly, and ethically for the present and into the future. It should be done with respect for the narrator, adherence to the law, and attention to the context of the interview. So maybe you're doing these oral histories for a class assignment or a family genealogy project or maybe your personal dissertation. Or maybe you're doing oral histories for a formal archive at a state museum. The reality is, however, that these interviews, these conversations, they transform into an oral history through the process of shared authority, but also through curation. You and your narrator, you are creating a historical document together. So best to do something with that document that allows future researchers to find and see its value. Let's start with the short term. How do you plan to use this interview for your purposes? You'll need to label and store the recording appropriately and accessibly. For us at the South Phoenix Oral History Project, our short-term uses include scholarship, promotion, indexing, and writing for the website. Therefore, we need to have access to the full interview as well as copies that we're able to edit for clips or sound bites. How about long-term? For us, our long-term goals still include scholarship and publication, but we add archival research and special collections to our long-term list of goals. And here's how we approach storage. We store one copy in our shared cloud storage, one on an external hard drive, uh, one I've, you know, I've bought a new one ever since the old one, and one on a shared internal server per our IRB agreement. We don't make any changes to the primary copies on any of those, on any of those locations. Instead, any editing for short-term uses like promotion or publication is done by first making a copy of the original in the cloud. This way, the server version and the external hard drive version always retain the original integrity. In a future episode, we will talk about cataloging and naming your materials. But today, let's work on the technology piece of curation. I just listed to you several points of storage, none of which are physical. We don't retain CDs or videotapes, but we do have external hard drives and jump drives located in a physical storage. And we do store both physical and digital copies of consent paperwork, indexes, and other types of paperwork. As well as, we provide each narrator with a dossier of paperwork and interview on a jump drive. So we do have some storage needs that take up physical space. So for today's challenge, I want you to create a plan for storing your interviews and supplemental materials. Think of these questions both digital and physical. Start by asking yourself these questions with regard to both physical and digital storage. What are your short-term uses for the interviews you conduct? What are the long-term uses? Where do you plan to store digital and physical materials for every interview you conduct? How much storage space, both physical and digital, do you need? Where will you store your backup materials? How will you update your primary and backup storage without ever overwriting content? What products, free or purchased, will you rely on for the purposes of storage and why? And finally, whose help do you need? Now, sit down at your computer, open a blank document, and write a curation plan. You will be so glad that you did. And that's the challenge. What aspects did you include in your curation plan today? What else do you need to learn about curation with regard to both technology and just the practice of curation? Share that with us at SMCC History, hashtag more and more every day. We want to hear from you. Tell us how you did today at SMCC History. Use the hashtag more and more every day on Instagram and Twitter. 
Our email is historysouthmountain at gmail.com. And I hope you follow us, write a review, or suggest us to a colleague. More and More Every Day is brought to you by the South Phoenix Oral History Project at South Mountain Community College in partnership with the Southwest Oral History Association. Music by Noah Gattel.